1: I have heard that preaching is like riding on a bike. (laughs) Once you've done it, you never forget how. That's what I'm hoping for. Hey, I am so glad you're here today. Last week, we kicked off a series on uh, our annual On Mission. And you remember Sean Sears was with us here and he started us off by talking about the why we as a church are on mission and why we all as individuals ought to be on mission. And the why was the heart of God. That because our God is a God of missions, we ought to be a people on missions. And uh, you heard last week that we kicked off our annual missions offering. That's the offering that we take from last week all the way to the end of this year where you give above and beyond your normal gifts to the church to support the work that we're doing here and around the world. And I want to remind you that you can do that by texting the word GIVE uh, to 20411 or you can use the envelope that you'll find right in front of you in the chair rack or you can just go online to LakePoint.Church/AMO annual missions offering. Uh, some of you uh, received a brochure about all of this in the mail uh, last week. If you didn't get one, as you leave today at all the kiosks, you can grab one. It tells about all the things that we're doing, and it has an offering envelope in it as well. Now, here's my encouragement to you. My encouragement is don't wait till the end of the year to make that offering. Go ahead and do that today. Before you go to bed at night, however you're going to do it, go ahead and make a contribution to that offering. And when you contribute to that offering, one of the things that you're doing, you're supporting the 35 local partners that we have in the Metroplex around our campuses. Uh, places like the North Texas Food Bank, places like the Genesis Center for Battered Women in Kaufman, places like Sharing Life in Mesquite, which is connected to and uses part of our building at our county's campus that provides food, clothing, job training for the, uh, those who are struggling financially in the Mesquite area, places like Grace Clinic in Rockwall, Hope Clinic in Garland, where we're providing medical help for the working poor of these areas. Uh, Places like our prison ministry, and the work that we've been doing there for over two decades, and like our Pregnancy Resource Center. We were actually here Thursday night. Uh, Tim Tebow came and helped us celebrate 20 years of the Pregnancy Resource Center, that anniversary. And we were reminded that over the last 20 years and in the, in the resource center, the pregnancy resource center that we helped start and that we've supported all these years, that thousands of babies were saved from death and that, yeah. And hundreds and hundreds of mothers who came in with a predisposition toward abortion who not only chose life for their child but they found eternal life being saved in those resource centers Now you support all of those ministries and 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 many more when you support the annual missions offering in addition to that you also help us to do what we do nationally and most of you are aware of the fact that over the last 18 years that we have started 44 churches in some of the most spiritually dark places in the united states and this next year in 2021, we want—we have already identified church planters, and when you give, you're gonna allow us to plant a brand new church in Miami. You're gonna help us plant a brand new church in Columbus, Ohio. In Berkeley, California, we're gonna be planting a church in the next 12 months. In Austin, Texas, we're gonna be planting another church there. And when you give, yeah. You allow us to do that. Friday night, I met with another young church planter who's planning to plant a church in February of this year in Denver, Colorado, and we're in discussions with him about theology and about his giftedness and everything, and we may end up planting five more churches in this next year. Your giving allows us to do that. It also allows us to support the partnership churches, 20 of them, in 10 countries around the world in places like India and Guatemala and Haiti, in Vietnam. So let me thank you in advance for giving to the annual mission offering again. Don't wait. Uh, there are thousands of families who are listening to me right now who can give $200 today. There's some of you who could give 500. Others families can give $1,000 this offering. I believe there are families in our church who could give 25,000, 50,000, 75,000. There's a family here that could give $100,000 and it not change their lifestyle, but it could change the world. And so all together as we do this, this next year in 2021, we will give away over $7 million to our local partners, our national partners, and our international partners, and we will make a difference because you give. So do that, don't put that off, do it this day. Uh, Now all that's free, that has nothing to do with my message today. Well actually it's not free because it's gonna cost you some money, all right? But it's good money. It, by the way, if you can find a better place to invest your money to make an eternal difference, run. Don't walk, run to that and give to them. Please do. But I don't know of a better place that you can invest that's more strategic, more accountable, uh, that does a better, more efficient job in terms of investing in what matters to the heart of God. Now, the why was last week. Today I want to talk to you about the how. What is our strategy for being on mission? And the strategy is very, very It's very, very simple, it's pray, go, and give. And I've already said enough about giving. Let me talk about the thing that maybe causes us to scratch our head a little bit in this season. How do we go on mission when we're in the middle of a pandemic? You have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me to Philippians, the first chapter. We're gonna begin looking at verse 12. Let me give you the context, though, for this scripture. So important, maybe more important than most times. Paul is actually uh, being persecuted. He's in a pandemic of persecution. And he has been quarantined to a cell, a prison cell, in Rome. And it is from this prison cell that he writes these words to a church that he helped plant in Philippi. In, In Philippians, the first chapter, verse 12, it says this, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. At least three truths this morning that we learned from this letter from Paul, more importantly from the way that he's living his life out in his pandemic. First thing that we learn is we can be on mission anywhere we can be on mission anywhere one of the most f- familiar scriptures in the bible is the great commission in matthew the 28th chapter verse 19 it says go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit Now, what you might not know even though you know the scriptures you might not know is that there's just one command there in verse 19 and it's not go it is the command make disciples That first word that's translated here in my Bible as go is actually in the Greek language, it's a present participle. It's not a command, it's literally, if you're gonna translate it in a wooden way, just literally it would be as you are going, make disciples. You see, Jesus already knew that we would be going. The command is not to go, the command is to be on mission wherever you're going. Everyone uh, hearing the sound of my voice right now, you're gonna be going somewhere this week. The command is not for you to go somewhere. The command is for while you're going to be on mission, to be intentional about what you're doing wherever you are going. You see, we're all on a journey. The question is not whether we're gonna be on a journey. The question is whether or not we're going to be on mission in that journey. Look at Colossians, the fourth chapter, verse 3. Paul, again, from this same prison, is writing this to another church that he planted. He said, praying at the same time for us as well that God will open to us a door for the word so that we might speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have been in prison. Don't miss this, my friend. Paul is sitting in prison, and he says, pray for me. Now, how would you ask someone to pray for you if you were in prison? That's not what he's asking for. He doesn't say, pray that God would open the doors of this prison. He says, pray that God would open to us a door for the word. He's looking for opportunities in the midst of his circumstances. This is not the first rodeo for Paul, by the way. That first church that we read about just earlier in the service at at Philippi, he was actually in jail there. And they put him in jail and the Bible tells us in Acts the 16th chapter that at midnight, he and his cohort, Silas, are singing praises at the top of their lungs at midnight. And then a miracle takes place, God shakes that prison with an earthquake and every door is opened up. And the guard thought he was gonna lose his life because the prisoners were gonna leave. And then when he saw that Paul and Silas were still there, he came in and he says, what can I do to be saved? Now he's not asking a theological question. He's saying, how can I get you guys to stay here so I don't lose my life? And they told him how to be rightly related to the God, his creator. In fact, the Bible tells us that they went home that night and shared the good news of Jesus Christ with his whole family, and the jailer and all of his family were baptized that night. And then Paul and Silas went back and sat down in their cell. You see, they weren't worried about their circumstances. They were worried about wherever they were being on mission. I don't know what pandemic you're suffering from right now. Might be a pandemic of health. It might be that you're chained to an irregular spouse. It may be that you're in a difficult job situation. It may be that you feel constrained by your finances right now, but whatever circumstance that you find yourself in, do not allow that circumstance to distract you from the reason God has you here on this earth. Friends, we live in a fallen world and tribulation is gonna be a part of this world and if we're not careful, it can keep us from being the person that God has called us to be in the midst of this world. You see, we can, in every situation, whether it's good or bad, we can either make excuses or we can make a difference. What if being on mission is not about a place as much as it is about a perspective? You know, we, uh, when we're not in a COVID time, we take mission trips. In a typical year, we'll have anywhere from 1,800 to 2,000 of our members who will travel somewhere Uh, here in the United States or around the world on mission for Jesus Christ. And let me just be honest with you, I'm thrilled that that happens, but you need to understand that the reason that we provide that opportunity for you is not so you just go on trip after trip, although that's fine if you do. If if finances will allow you to do that, if time will allow you to do that. But I just want you to go on one of those trips. Because here's what I know will happen. If you're on one of those trips, you're gonna understand how blessed we are in America you are the freedoms that we have the resources that we have and i think it's going to make you a more appreciative a more grateful person that alone is worth the trip number two you're going to pray for missions like you've never prayed before because you're going to see what god is doing here and around the world number three you're going to give to missions in a more generous way than you've ever given before when you see all that we have and the very little that they have in terms of resources to be on mission and you're going to shift some of those resources to some of our brothers and sisters so they can be successful where they are. And this maybe is the most important thing. You're gonna catch the bug of being on mission because you scheduled it, you countered it, you got in a van or you rode on a plane and you, you were on mission for seven to 10 days. My prayer is you come back and you'll be on mission for 365 days of every year of the rest of your life. That's why we do mission trips. Somebody said to me the other day, when can I go on the next Lake Point mission trip and my answer is the same answer I give you today tomorrow morning when you open up your eyes before your feet hit the floor let your knees hit the floor and say God wherever I go today whoever I see today I'm going to be on mission God I'm praying that you would open the doors for opportunities for the word I prayed your Father, today for divine appointments that you'll put me with just the person that I need to meet who needs the resources that you've already given to me, even if it's the resource of knowing about Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. What if we prayed, what if 15,000 plus people this next week prayed as much for God to open a door of opportunity as we pray for God to be changing our current circumstances? What might happen, what kind of revival might break out? Here and around the world. First truth is, is that you can be on mission anywhere because God's commanded us as we are going to be on mission. The second truth though is that our opposition might just be our greatest opportunity. Don't miss this. Paul was chained to a Praetorian guard there in Rome. Legend tells us that they had to keep changing the guards that were assigned to him, that were chained to him, because he kept leading them to the Lord. And every time they would send another one away and put another one, basically he became a mission sending agency. And notice what it says there in verse 13. It says, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else. Paul several times had to stand before authorities and to give a defense about why they shouldn't kill him. Uh, Just about a year and a half ago, I was there once again at Caesarea Philippi, which is on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea, and I looked up into the Colosseum that still stands today where Paul the Apostle stood and gave a defense of why he was preaching what he was preaching and why he had made so many of the Jews mad. And the governor there that sent from Rome, the governor who would later send him from Caesarea Philippi back to Rome for prison, he said, you almost persuade me to become a follower of Christ. We don't know what God did with that seed, but we know that every time Paul had the opportunity, every time he had the opportunity to to be in front of opposition, he did not see them as his opposition, he saw them as his opportunity. Uh, Sean Sears, who was here teaching last week, I had breakfast with him last Sunday, and I was catching up on his family. He, he started church planting rather late in his life. He's now in his, uh, younger, the, in his 50s. And, and so I had heard about his daughter getting married, about one of his sons getting married, and so I was just catching up on that. And he, and he said something that was remarkable to me, that the two young people that his two kids married were saved out of the youth group and the church that he started. And the, that their in-laws now, were our adults, his daughter and his son, their mother and father-in-laws were saved at Grace Church. See, he thought when he started Grace Church, he was starting Grace Church for all the lost people in the Boston region, the southern part of Boston. He was actually starting in part that church for his kids' spouses and their in-laws someday. They're not the enemy, they're the family. I was coming back from Iraq several years ago where I was teaching a group of pastors there and I was coming back into the United States through customs and the custom agent, the US custom agent took my passport and he was spending a little more time than normal looking at my passport. He was looking through at all the stamps. He's flipping back and forth. And then I said, is there a problem? He said, well, sir, I'm looking at your passport. You've been to China several times. You've been to Russia. Russia several times and you've been to Cuba a lot what do all these countries have in common before I could answer he said they're all sworn enemies of the United States of America and then I quickly said yes sir and they're also full of people who desperately need the love of Jesus Christ he got a funny look on his face and I could tell he did not want to have this conversation he said you're free to go sir Think about the churches that we have planted in places like Portland, San Francisco, New York City, Los Angeles, I'm about to plant one in Berkeley, California. What do all these places have in common? Friend, they're not the enemy. They are the mission. Please hear me, in a time where there's great polarization in our country, we as Christians need to be the adult in the room. And we need to do what the scripture says. We need to speak forth the word of Christ in a grace-filled way with gentleness. And it's not that we change anything that we believe or anything that we stand for. Not at all. We stand firm. But it's about tone, my friend. And you can win an election and you can lose somebody's eternity. We need to understand that the opposition is the opportunity. The opposition is not our enemy. They are our customer. Third truth that comes out of this passage is that we need to be praying for more people to be on mission. In Matthew, the ninth chapter, in verse 36, it says this. It says, And seeing the multitude, he, Jesus, felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord to send out workers into his harvest. You're gonna be going somewhere this next week. Be on mission. We don't need to pray that God would send people to your neighborhood or send people to your school or send people to your workplace or even send people to your family. What we need to pray is for you that you would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and when he whispers to take a step, to lean in, to be on mission, that you would do so. Uh, Some of you have heard uh, Michael Jr., the comedian. He's spoken here a couple times, and uh, recently I saw a YouTube post that he had put up, and I texted him a message, and I said, hey, would it be all right if I showed that at church this weekend? He said, I'd love for you to.
0: Yo, how's everybody doing are you guys as excited about the debate as i am yeah yeah Yeah. i'm not excited just you know, i for the longest i didn't know what a debate was i thought it was when the fish not biting and you pull your pole in and take the worm off the hook and get something different so i want to talk to you about this debate though but not the debate you might be thinking about i want to talk about your debate this is what i mean you ever be in a situation where you see somebody or, or a scenario and you feel like you could do something nice for them and you had a thought, ooh, why don't I buy this person's groceries? Oh, why don't I give this person a compliment? Ooh, why don't I encourage this? You have that thought. And then the very next thought, the very next thought, the V-E-R, you know how to spell it, next thought, is, no, nah, I shouldn't do that. It might be weird. They might take it the wrong way. I don't want it to be awkward. That's your next thought. Why does this happen? immediately you go into an internal debate you're like yes you're like no you like back and forth and more times than not people checking out and don't vote to do the thing for somebody else i'm telling you time and time again you have to make the decision When you have that thought to do something nice for somebody just step through in fact make a choice to do that today just step through i got a friend who was at the airport right and um he felt like out of nowhere he was supposed to get 20 dollars. To the gate agent that's what he felt and then his next thought was man who gives 20 dollars to a gate agent that's weird i mean she did help us out she was cool but he just felt like he was supposed to give her some money and i was like it does seem weird but dude you gotta follow through with what you are feeling so he went on ahead he walked up to her he said look i know this is weird i'm not trying to be creepy or anything but i felt like i should get this. you helped us out a lot here go 20 bones i say bones because that's what i'm from anyway he hands the lady the money and immediately, she starts to tear up. And we're kind of tripping like, oh, okay, I'm not sure what this means. And she explains that earlier that morning, she was in a rush, things were kind of frantic at home, getting the kids ready, and she left and went to work without her purse. On top of that, when she finally got to work, her car literally, as she pulls into her parking spot, runs out of gas. So for that whole day, up to that point, in her mind she was racking her brain on how am i going to get enough money to get some gas to pick up my kids her her whole day she was stressed nevertheless she still gave us great customer service and my boy was sensitive enough in that moment to do what he had to do and it was it's a really awesome story so there's going to be some people that you're going to meet today i'm telling you and then you're probably going to start to debate if you should do this nice thing or not if you leave this nice comment don't debate Vote love, vote yes, vote to give to somebody else. Anyway, I'm Michael Jr., appreciate you, I love you, and I'm out. Thank you, Michael.
1: (laughs) This last uh, Monday, my dad, who is my model and uh, my example, my mentor, he turned 90 on Monday, and uh, Uh, Every once in a while somebody will ask me if my dad was a minister. And and part of that reason is obviously I've worked here for over 40 years at Lake Point Church. I have an older brother who was a missionary uh, to Sri Lanka, to Hong Kong, to Germany. For 25 years he was a missionary and now he teaches at uh, Truett Seminary at Baylor University. He teaches missions. I have a younger brother who was on the watermark staff for many, many years and now he serves on a staff of a church that they've planted in Fort Worth. And so people say, was your dad a minister? And I don't always know how to answer that question because my dad received a paycheck for over 50 years from Mobile Exxon. He never received a penny from any church or any ministry. But my dad has been on mission every day that I can remember of my life. Uh, he and mom have gone a couple times on mission trips to China. Uh, they, uh, right before the Iraqi war, they were up in the the upper regions, the Kurdistan, just above Iraq, and they were working in uh, refugee camps where they were feeding hungry people, thousands of people who were in need of medical condition. They were uh, triaging all of that. They have been to Mexico more times than I can remember. The last time there was a major hurricane down there, they went down there and they took shovels and they were literally shoveling mud out of people's homes in their 70s far back as i can remember mom and dad have worked with texas baptist men that's that group of people that anytime there's a tornado or there's a hurricane or some other disaster they load up trucks and they go into the middle of it as people are coming out and they prepare meals and they bring washing machines with them and they clean people's clothes and they provide the things that they need After a while, mom and dad stopped uh, working with Texas Baptist men and started working with the Red Cross, and I asked my dad, why are you doing that? And he said, well, we figured that if we're working with Texas Baptist men, everybody on our team is a Christian, if we work with the Red Cross, we're still helping the same people, but the people on our team don't know Christ, and it gives us a chance to witness. That's what my mom said, actually, my dad said they went from Texas Baptist Men to the Red Cross because mom got tired of wearing a Texas Baptist Men T-shirt whenever she was doing disaster relief. So I don't I don't know which is the true story. But that's not what really impresses me. What impresses me about my mom and dad is as far back as I can remember they were on mission. When I was uh, just a teenager, my mom was working with uh, sophomore girls at her church, and a lot of times I would come home from school and she would motion me to go on not to come into the kitchen because she was sitting there at the kitchen table talking to a student, a a young lady who was having trouble with her parents or maybe had found out there was a time where a gal came and found out that she had an unwanted pregnancy and mom was giving her guidance on that. Then mom and dad worked with young couples and again, there, there was marriage counseling that was going on in our living room all of the time and then they worked in the preschool in the children's area. My dad worked in the preschool children's area for over 60 years of his life, rocking other people's babies and singing Jesus Loves Me. More than that, they were involved in their neighborhood and are involved in their neighborhood uh, sharing Christ and they know where everybody lives and what their needs are and they're always stepping into that. They have for over a decade uh, delivered Meals on Wheels every Tuesday. They think it's kind of funny that half of the people they're delivering meals to are younger than they are but they love to do that. They've been on mission. And part of the reason that my mom and dad have been on mission all of their lives is because they realize that you don't have to go anywhere to be on mission. They've come to believe that sometimes your opposition is your greatest opportunity. And they've come to realize that when they prayed in obedience to the scripture that the Lord would send out laborers into the harvest, that in part they were an answer to their own prayer they were praying for themselves. But more than that, they've been on mission all of their Christian lives because Jesus was on mission for them and changed their heart into the heart of God. It was Jesus who came all the way to earth and during his greatest time of crisis and his toughest circumstance was on mission And even while he hung on the cross, he looked down at his opposition who had the gall to gamble for his clothing while he was dying for them. He didn't see him as the enemy. He saw them as the mission. And he said, Father, forgive them. They just don't know yet. They don't understand. It was that same Jesus who said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is there's not enough people on mission. And that same Jesus said, as the Father sent me on mission, so send I you. So my friends, we are sent today. You don't have to wait until the airlines are flying full again. You don't have to worry about being around crowds. Wherever you are today, wherever you are tomorrow, with the resources and the influence and the knowledge that you have, be on mission. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being on mission with you. Father, thank you for the promise that you'll always give us the words to say, the words to speak, that you'll always provide the resources that we need to hand out, to give away, to share with others as you have shared it with us. Help us, your Father, wherever we are this week to be on mission. I pray, your Father, that thousands and thousands of people who call themselves the people of Lake Point, people who may be not even a member of this church yet, but they're a member of your family, would be on mission this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, Join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9:30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.